is Christine Conti, and you are listening to best-selling author of Split Second Courage. What if your fears were the key to your dreams? That's right, everyone. Available on Amazon right now as an ebook or paperback. Grab your copy today and unleash your inner superhero. What is holding you back from living the life you truly deserve? It is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazy. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Christine, how you doing? How's your voice? It Do I sound different? Why? <laughs> Is there something different about my voice? Yeah. Sounds like, you got a new, sounds like you got a new uh, co-host. The Fembot. I got the <laughs> Fembot co-host. Listen, it's been, it's the holidays sometimes kick your butt, okay? Sometimes we get a little rundown. Sometimes we just need to take a little extra time to rest your body, your mind, and maybe your voice. That's Let's right. Stay over here. Sometimes your voice goes away. So... Yes. Are you are you talking too much, Christine? I am. I have seen a lot of presentations this week. And, <laughs> Is this a problem? You and, and you're talking. Uh, yeah, I've tried to be quiet, but there's so many exciting things going on. So I apologize to all the listeners right now for sounding like a muppet who's been partying way too hard at all the rock band <laughs> concerts. But we have an amazing guest today. It's been quite a long time um, in the making, but we have. So Hala Digsby on today. I love her name, So Hala. That is a nice name. And she's a registered dietitian, a speaker, an author. And Brian and I are here to present our yearly surviving and thriving the holidays with a very in-house registered dietitian and speaker. Perfect. It's perfect. Great tips, you know, and 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 look, we've done our show where we, Christine and I, discuss our surviving the holidays and what it what it means to us, and it's just a beautiful perspective from from Sohela today. And uh, you know, we we get to hear how she helps her clients and how she helps people navigate these times, and 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 not just even during this period, uh, you know, just beyond, uh, you know, working towards some things. She's got a really special program coming up uh, very soon, so uh, we wanted to get this one out to you. The quickly. best body countdown. The best body countdown. She has a book. She's like, she's amazing. Um, Let's give them that code here. Oh, 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 yes. Here's what you got to do if you want to be a part of this program, even before, even before you listen. All right, here's an opportunity for you. Text. Right, you can text the word me. Yeah. M E. M E. To three three seven seven seven. All right. So text the word me M E to three three seven seven seven, and uh, you'll, she'll set you up. Uh, and then as you listen to this, you'll have a better understanding uh, of everything that you know how she works and how and how she can help you. So I think it's a good opportunity for everybody here uh, now that we're hearing this, like in the midst of holiday season, uh, you know, or otherwise maybe you're listening to it a little bit further on down the road, but it's still pertinent information. So let's go. Let's get on this and uh, help yourself. Thank you. 
Christine Conti, and we are back with another amazing episode of the Two Fit Crazies and a Microphone. Brian, how are you? Good. One more for the outtakes, Christine. Here we go. Now we're ready. Hey, listen, sometimes we do take one, take two, maybe take three or four. You never know. That's the beauty of podcasting. We've got the uh, ability to edit and all that. I love it. Well, listen, it is the holiday season. Yes, it is. Good luck. And with that comes all of the chaos. You hear my voice cracking, right? I know I'm going through puberty. Um, (laughs) So listen, it is about surviving and thriving the holidays. And in the last, what, like five years, Brian and I have done many shows about how to make it through the holidays and be healthy and be well. And we have a guest who just happens to be an expert on staying healthy and nutrition and some great tips about not just surviving the holidays, but thriving. So, so Hala Digsby, welcome to the show. How are you? Doing great. Thanks so much for having me, even in the 10-day window before Christmas Day itself. I appreciate y'all. Hey. But this is the time where everybody needs a little cheer and a little uh, direction, I think, um, when it comes to making good choices in uh, the health and wellness and movement and especially food, I hope that we can have a really good discussion about what the heck do we do with all the temptation and all the cookies, and they're so good, and all of the things that are in front of us, the shiny things that we want. Um, So I'm hoping that we can have a good talk about that. But before we do, where are you coming to us from today? I am in Evans, Georgia, which is just outside of Augusta, Georgia. Home of the Masters. There you go. Nice, nice. And let's uh, let's talk. So, Hala, what are you up to lately? Before we get into this, what are you up to? What are you doing? Well, today is my youngest birthday. So, as of today, I have three teenagers. So, I'm going to be up to some fun with them this weekend. And it's you know less than ten days till Christmas. So. Right now, what I'm doing is helping my clients survive between now and Christmas and get ready for New Year's. And for some people, that means, you know, they're saying, I'm just going to eat everything naughty in sight so that I'm ready for New Year's and everything's out of my pantry and my fridge. And for some people, it's, um, hey, help me navigate this well so I can ease into January wisely. And so it's a really good variety that I've seen over my two and a half decades as a dietitian, I must say. All right. So what's so hard about for everybody? What's so hard for everybody to realize that it's only like three or four meals, right? You got Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, maybe New Year's Eve. You know, you got some maybe a party here and there involved. We're talking like six or seven perhaps food slash drink encounters that we're really looking at. But people mail it in. They stop exercising. They stop moving. They get into anything and everything that comes their way as far as habits because there's some sort of like clean slate coming to them January 1. Uh, what, you know, what is it that people just give up? Well, I just think, well, first of all, they don't think of it just as a holiday. They think of it as a holiday month. Right. So it's like starting December 1st, if not sooner, with all the holidays that seem to keep backing up six and eight weeks into the grocery stores, you know, with the promoting of the next holiday already. So people have been, you know, visiting those end caps with the Christmas goodies for months, almost 
two months now. Yeah. And so by now they're really, you know, getting to the crescendo of all the goodies because they've got the deliveries from the neighbors and getting ready. So as much as I want to think it boils down to just a handful of meals, it really, I think, is a lot, a lot of the month. And plus, if people are in busy seasons like busy moms or busy teachers and things like that that have extra things going on, busy dads, um, they might not only have all the goodies coming in, but then they have fast food that they wouldn't have normally had because this is such a fast paced season. So I think there's a lot working against folks who are trying to do their best, really. I love Brian always says it's the Bermuda Triangle. I, I steal that from you a lot <laughs> because it's, you know, from Thanksgiving to, you know, Christmas or Hanukkah or New, you know, New Year's. It's I mean, honestly, you've got that. The triangle of death, pretty much. <laughs> and people are like, YOLO, I'll just do what I want. And I know that, you know, I'm going to feel not so great, but it's the holidays. It's like an excuse. Like you stamp it on something. I'm like, I'm sorry, this is not a hall pass. The, the hall passes are are not for your health, okay? It's not like, mm, well, I'll just, I, I always think of it like a diabetic, right? You can't say, oh, well, yeah, it's Christmas. I'm going to eat all the cookies. Mm-hmm. I'm sh- it's just an exception. No, you're going to go into diabetic shock. Mm-hmm. You know, what, why? Why don't we think of it like, like it's serious? Because I, I really feel that it is. And sometimes we, we kind of downplay it like, oh, well, you know, I had a big meal here and a big meal there, but I'm having fun. And that's great. I'm, I love that you're socializing. I love that you're with your family and it's so good for your mental health. Why are why are we throwing out the other part of health and wellness? I think people forget that prevention is easier than recovery. I mean, maybe they don't even agree, but I, I truly believe if you've ever had a major injury that you could have prevented by doing some smart things, you know that prevention, it takes some forethought, but it truly is easier than recovery. It's not like daily rehab. And I think you know, a lot of people ask, you know, well, how can you be fit close to 50 or all those things? And I'm like, because I think of strategy and prevention, because I've seen as a clinical dietitian in my early years, I've seen all the things that can accumulate. And I don't ever want to be in that position, almost like getting out of debt. Like I'd rather do some of the easy things that don't get me deep in debt, or even the hard things that don't get me deep in debt, because it looks horrible to have to get out. And I've seen that. And so I'd rather be on that prevention end, which doesn't mean that you don't get to enjoy anything for the holidays. It just means you enjoy it a little more strategically so that you're not in a world of hurt once it's on the other side of it, because recovery is harder than prevention. It just, in my opinion, it really is from years of experience with working with people who are climbing out of, out of, you know, weight gain and and chronic disease that they, they thought it wouldn't really count because it was kind of going to disappear under the, it was Christmas file, but that doesn't happen. Our bodies have to take account for everything that comes in. Um, so I really think it's important to come from a strategic perspective instead of a, instead of a restrictive and instead of a disinhibited kind of a strategic in between. I, I love that. And uh, I want you to give us just uh, again, some strategies or some examples of how you would potentially go about that. Everybody's different. We understand. Yeah. My first thought is to have a no regrets holiday. And so I'm encouraging my clients and and fitness pros that I work with who have their own clients to really strategically prioritize what matters most. Like, is what matters most this special bottle of wine that you only break out with this family? Well, then enjoy it and enjoy it slowly and savor it and make sure there's not 
a lot of chaos going on in the background. So you don't even say, oh, did I even have that? Kind of like you might if you ate a bag of chips and your knuckles hit the bottom and you're like, did I even eat those? You know, we don't want it to be mindless. Um, or if your special, you know, Aunt Betty makes this pie that's to die for and you've been looking for it. I don't encourage people to resist that. I encourage them to have a, a reasonable slice of it and to eat it slowly and and really make it a mindful experience. So if, if a no regrets holiday is that you don't want to look on the back end and say, I can't believe I made myself miss that special that special thing that makes the holiday special to me over trying not to gain one pound. You don't want to look at it that way, but then you don't want to look at the other way. And I can't believe I have to go back on blood pressure medication. And, and now I have to, you know, crest over that pre-diabetes into full diabetes or, or now none of my clothes fits like that, you know, that's a regret too. So I feel like I really like to try to help people find what can you savor strategically and look forward to and mindfully enjoy so that on the other side of it, you're like, Yay me. I just did a really good job enjoying that to the fullest without, you know, regrets. And that's kind of where I'm working at with people. Can you talk? Oh, here's my here's my super healthy voice. So here's my my question for you is so many people struggle with and you just you touched on it. They struggle with the idea of mindfulness. Like you want me to be what when I eat? What mindful? Like you know, this isn't like me sitting in a forest savoring every bite of an apple as I, you know, as the sunlight, you know, basks over my hair, blowing in the wind. You know, people think of all these crazy visualizations, whereas what is something, I mean, you just said, for example, the the wine, that, okay, if there's a special bottle of wine and, and there's no distractions and you're, you're, you have great company with you or you're relaxed, what, you know, what are some things that maybe... Maybe people out there right now are like, I, I don't, I don't, I can't relate to that. It's, you know, what, what would you say as an example to, to maybe take a small step to be more mindful when they eat or have their choices during the holidays? Okay, here's an example. Let's say like for me, I will eat um, a homemade cookie, but I have no interest in Chips Ahoy or even, you know, something like that. So if I'm at an event and I know that there's this homemade cookie and it's my favorite flavor, then I'm happy to eat it. And just because I'm a dietitian doesn't mean I don't have taste buds, right? I'm going to enjoy that. But um, I'm definitely not going to burn off something that I don't enjoy at all just because someone puts it in my hand. And if, if I'm somewhere where there's a, a cheap wine that I don't really care for and someone wants to top mine off, I'm definitely not going to indulge in that just because someone gave it to me or just because someone made a cookie or a, a pound cake for me doesn't mean I have to eat it right now. I can be like, oh my gosh, I'm looking forward to that so much, but I'm really full right now. And I think I've seen it just this week in my own gatherings. I've seen someone say, you know, you know, grandma made that special for you. And the person say, but I'm so full. I way overdid it on the mashed potatoes. I don't think I can have that. And the other person was like, no, no, they made it special for you. And then I watched the other person eat uncomfortably and then complain later about uncomfortable. And I'm just like, you know, we're responsible for ourselves. We're responsible for our blood sugars and all those things and our bodies and how they feel. So I think it's okay to, to communicate, you know, like, oh, gosh, I'm so looking forward to this special dessert ahead of time so that maybe the person who brings the other one might not be offended, like, or just let some of that offense go. But it's amazing how much people comply 
to just robotic, you know, robotic refills, robotic, you know, okay, we serve dessert after dinner. You know, some people do it right after the big holiday meal and some people do it a couple hours after. Well, I really like like an apple pie a couple hours after. So if you give it to me right after the meal, I'm just going to look you in the face and say, I cannot wait to have this when I'm not feeling full. And I'm going to mindfully enjoy it, but I'm not going to feel stuffed while I enjoy it because that's not comfortable to me and it's not going to make it part of my no regrets holiday. So I feel like just people getting the permission to have a voice about what their body needs and what is good for them. You know, I tell my people, if you're going to a party where you know somebody's going to give you a glass of wine and keep topping it off, then bring your own Yeti in. You know, you're not trying to be bossy. You're just coming in with your own little Yeti and then it's got a lid on it and then it's just a non-issue. Like decide in advance what's important to you and then, you know, speak for yourself about the things that aren't so that you don't get sabotaged. And and being in those situations where something like that is happening, right, where you might not be, you know, comfortable with, I mean, you're going to arrive at the party with a Yeti because the person there is basically pushing you. And, and that in itself, that stress of that encounter can be just as unhealthy as even the wine itself, right? So like, you know, you, 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 your body is already setting itself up for, um, you know, stress and, and just, you know, not enjoying the moment. Right. I think that that's kind of what it's about. If you can enjoy the cake and you can take the time, right, or the pie or the or even the wine, if you can take the time and it can be enjoyed and it's with purpose and, you know, as opposed to, all right, let me just do this just to get this person out of my hair. Right. Now you've got like compounding unhealthy, you know, aspects that are just piling up on you. I was, yeah, who knew? Holidays are stressful enough already with all the extras. Then right. you don't need to be worried about everybody's opinion about what you eat. That's tough. I was I was going to say I'm really happy that you just mentioned about having a voice. Because, listen, this is the holidays. And just like any other day of the year, you're not going to make everybody happy. It, it's, it's a fact. And the, the, the interesting thing you're saying is that sometimes people are afraid to speak up. And they're afraid to say, you know, no, you know, I, I, I'm good. I don't want any more. Or, you know, I'm, I, I don't, I know you made this pie, but right now I'm, you know, I'm really full. And, and they feel bad. And I think there's, there's, it takes two to tango. Because I think people also around the holidays, and, you know, again, I speak a lot about like eating disorders and things like that, that there's got to be an understanding of what's comfortable for people. And are we pushing food? Are we judging when we sit down at a holiday meal, who's eating what? You're eating this and you're not eating enough of that and you're eating too much of this and this. And, and Mike, I, I'm curious to see how you feel about this because I feel that there's so much emphasis on judging and talking about food that it, it tends to be all-encompassing. Where, where do we step back and say this holiday is not about food. It's about connecting. It's about relationships. It's about whatever it is you believe in that you're celebrating the holiday in the first place. So do you have any strategies or anything that you tell people about that? I think it's good for people to manage their expectations, you know, think in advance, you know, do I want to have a conversation with this person or is it too stressful? Or do I want to get here and say, Hey guys, I've listened to a podcast where um, the dietitian gave me this idea, and so I've just kind of made a commitment to 
to try this out this year. Well, a simple statement like that is going to give them some expectation that I'm not entertaining, you know, conversations about this. Or somebody will say, you know, with kids, for example, well, you know, they have to clean their plate um, or they have to, like my kids really want to eat lunch. They can't wait, especially when they were little, they can't wait till two just because we tell them it's a holiday and their stomach (laughs) should wait till two. I don't know if you have little kids, you know that they're like, why are you making me starve for two hours? You know, and I'm like, right, why are we doing that again? And then, or if we go, you know, after Thanksgiving, we go Black Friday shopping and it's like, why are we stopping for Sohala to eat? Isn't she still full from lunch? And I'm like, no, because I ate like really special food, but I still just ate reasonable portions. So I get to have dinner. Even if you guys don't want to, I'm going to stop and get something. And so in life lessons, maybe take a minute to think back and be like, okay, here's some things I've learned. And this year I'm going to manage my expectations better. And I don't think, you know, you don't need to make the holiday revolve around me. You know, it's not like, okay, here's how I want to roll. Cause you know, boundaries can be taken too far, but just have some expectation management. Like if someone's trying to cut back on alcohol, they can say, Hey guys, I know it's fun to do this, but here's how I'm doing it this year. Just giving you a heads up or, um, you know, just some of the different things are like, you know, I bought a pound cake this year instead of bringing one. So whatever, just a little bit of conversation. Uh, I think, you know, since the pandemic, there's been more conversation on mental and emotional health. And I think so hopefully people are a little more comfortable entertaining conversations about, you know, someone taking charge of their emotional health and not being pushed into a position of like, you have to eat now, or you have to finish all your food, or you have to eat what I made, or I feel bad. You know, there's just so much to it. We could do a whole session just on that, right? <laughs> I agree. I agree. How how about people that, you know, that do give in to the season? You know, they do mail it in, so to speak, or they, they do get sucked into the Bermuda Triangle between the holidays and, and, and all those things. And, and look, we all like a vacation, right? We like to go on vacation just to kind of get away from our regular um, structure of things and whether it's work or, or, or what have you. And, and, you know, it's always good and it's good for your mind to kind of to do some things. Is there any part of it that it is, you know, somewhat a relief or, or decent uh, to, you know, just kind of enjoy it while it's here and then, you know, look to do something different at the end. I mean, it's almost like a reprieve of sorts where I can just kind of relax and not be on that. Not that our regular diets are like so stringent and hard as should be anyway, but you know, it might be just an opportunity for people to live, you know, and, and not have to think about it. Yeah. So let's say they do that for the whole month of December versus one day. Right. So I tell people, if you really want to have a kickback holiday, just pick one thing to focus on, whether it's your fullness level, like enjoy the heck out of every food that you eat, but help your fullness level, like stop at a seven or an eight on a scale of one to 10. Like if you have to unbutton your britches, that that's problematic, right? <laughs> <laughs> to speak in, uh, to speak in Georgia talk. Um, so there's that. Or so with some of my clients, I've actually navigated this conversation recently. Okay. Maybe you want to eat everything that you absolutely love and enjoy for those three days that you're with your family. Okay. We'll do that. But just write it down so that you're mindful. Okay. Or take a picture of it so that you're mindful. So that you're knowing that you're enjoying it. And that will probably help you not push to that 1 out of 10 to push to that 10. Or maybe they say, okay, I'm going to eat whatever I want at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But I'm not going to eat in between. I'm not going to graze on all the cookies and spice nuts and eggnog and stuff in between. I'm just going to make it all fit at a meal. I have a friend with a binge eating disorder that's a close friend of mine. And I did that with her um, as a support person over a holiday one time. 
it was so meaningful. I, I mean, I called her that morning and I'm like, all right, I just had breakfast. There's food all around me. I'm not going to touch it until lunch. And then whatever I've enjoyed looking at and longing for over this three or four hour period, I'm going to put on my plate along with my lunch. It was really great experience to do that for a few days with a friend who needed it. And I gave her the accountability, but also really just opened my eyes to how much I might have just grazed on those foods that were sitting around and then eaten lunch anyway on top of fullness. I just think that's another example of what I mean by mindfulness. I don't mean like this woo-woo moment where you have your you know, deep breath in between each bite necessarily. I mean, you're like thinking about, am I stuffed? Do I want to keep having that? Am I... You know, am I eating without even paying attention? Um, so I just think, I think maybe this holiday, I'd love for it to be different for people in that they, they don't say, um, you know, it's going to be this stressful time that I'm going to measure all my food. I'm not suggesting that. I think it's more of a just, I'm going to make one goal part of this day. Just like when people go on vacation, I say, make at least half of your plate, lots of fruits and vegetables. And then on the other half, you can only mess up so much on half a plate. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, like, just, and just be connected to it, exactly. right? Be connected with how you feel about it. Be connected with what you're eating. Be connected, like, you know, it it, it doesn't have to be deep breaths, but you can stop and chew it or smell it at right? least, you know. <laughs> uh, you know down yeah, exactly. I mean, we don't we don't really do that anymore, right? We don't smell our food. You know, <laughs> just sit there and what? Okay, have a connection with it in some way. Right. The, I mean, the other thing too is that if you are. You know, if you are eating like that, like what you're saying is, all right, if you're going to enjoy yourself, we're not putting you in purgatory and saying, nope, you know, and we've all, I, I have to say, I'm sure all of us have done it. Like we've wanted something so bad and we're like, no, I'm not going to have it, not going to have it. And then, you know, I could probably still name things off the top of my head that I deprive myself of for some stupid reason. And then you still think about it. Like the, there's this white pantsuit that I didn't buy when I was 20 from Banana Republic. I still think about this damn white pantsuit. <laughs> it's been, you know, 20 something years well, now. It might be back in style now, it Christine. It is. It is. Um, but Go it's, get it, girl. Go right? Get it. But it's so stupid. But, it, you know, like I wanted it. I was like, no, nah, it's too much money. I deprived myself. Same idea with food. Like, oh, I've, you know, people have made these great things. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not going to try that. It's too, you know, taking a bite of something is not going to ruin your eternity. Um, and the agreed, other, agreed. the other part too is, you know, I'm not sure how much you talk about this. I do this with a lot of people that I, you know, train or work with and, you know, they may be older and, you know, we think about, you know, people who are not as active, they're much more sedentary and the repercussion of, all right, we let December go. It's not that you're going to pick up activities at full force or go double in January to either lose that weight or whatnot. It usually just compounds, um, I tell people, you know, listen, if you are going to, you know, indulge, make sure that you move. There's no excuses. This is not a, I'm going to take today off. Nope. No, you're not. You're going to find 30 minutes, whether you break it up in 10, 10, 10, morning, noon, night, I don't care. You're going to do something. Um, how do you, how do you work with that? How do you play that in with your advice with nutrition? I like that question because especially after Thanksgiving, you know, I don't know if you saw these things on social media where there was like, okay, you know, or after Halloween, one Reese's equals X number of burpees or, you know, I've taught taught fitness for almost 30 years. I started literally when I was a teenager. So that makes me sound really old. But when I, when I started teaching fitness, that's, that's something I've seen. Like one of my favorite instructors when I was pre-teaching as a teenager had a t-shirt that said, I work out for pizza. 
and what her point was, you know, and, and it is to each their own. Like what she's saying is if I ate pizza and didn't work out, I'd be in a world of trouble. And I get that point too. So I think what I do with people is I say, it's not that you eat this 400 calorie thing and then you get on the treadmill and watch until the 400 calorie number hits and you even it out and it's all a good day. I tell them, this is my, my motto is if you're going to play harder, like if you're going to party harder, you got to move a little more and, and make it kind of like a dance party idea. I'm like, if you're going to party harder at the table, you got to party harder on the dance floor. And so even if you're not a dancer, you can extrapolate that analogy where, where if you're going to if you're going to spend more in the mall, you better have more in your savings or a plan for that. And, it, you know, it's similar in that if you want to have an extra bunch of food around the holidays, then plan some extra bunch of movement. And I don't mean necessarily burpees. I mean, you know, a family walk or you know, hula hoop contest with kids, jump rope contest. I'm, I know that's cheesy and I'm a fitness person, so I can get away with hosting jump rope contests and hula hoop <laughs> contests at my house. That probably not everybody could do, but like kids are so impressed if mom can do a hundred jump ropes in a row. Like, and they're so impressed when they can hula hoop for more than one minute. So if little kids are involved, things like that, or a family 5k, um, and it doesn't even have to be organized or fancy. It can be, let's go throw the football. Um, in the front yard, if, you know, if that allows, or if you're up North where there's snow, there's, you know, let's go throw the snowballs. Um, lots of different things people could do, but I do think a lot of times holidays end up being like a no movement time, like eat until you're stuffed and then lean back and unbuckle your belt and recover and then eat until you're stuffed again. And I think, you know, I think people really should try to find some ways to do some fun movement. And that does take a little bit of planning on the front end to tell people like, Hey, we're going to do this little pickleball this time because a lot of families like to do things like that together or we're going to go to the park and you know it doesn't have to be full-on cardio where you need a shower right afterward it can just be lots of movement throughout the day but kind of using that same thing if you're going to party more at the bar then you got to dance more on the dance floor just kind of goes together i love the party i love the <laughs> i love the party analogy so like Hala, dancing. i really like that You're right but again, the- it's all about it's all about good times. And, uh, you know, I really do think fitness is fun. I'm, I feel sad for people who don't think that. But I do think we can help them find a new angle of of just seeing it all as part of a party. You know, it's it's movement. And then I think the older we get, the more we realize, gosh, fitness is fun, because if you can't use your limbs or your muscles, all the more you realize that things aren't fun because you have so many limitations. So, again, recovery being so much harder than just moving for 10 minutes, like you said, here and there. Uh, put on your favorite song, you know, your favorite high school song if you're hanging out with your high school friends and just whatever it is, just moving, even if it's not cardiovascular movement, you know, that's really making your heart pump. It's still movement that will behoove people because it adds up. Absolutely. And smiling and laughing and just like whatever it takes. I mean, movement always helps us with that, right? So, uh, you know, it, it doesn't have to be just the glum feed fest of you know of, of family that you probably can't stand until you have to see him again next <laughs> times because that happens too right um all right so i love i love all this and and uh and i really i really do appreciate this is great great advice that you have for our audience so now we've gone let's say you know we get through the holidays it's new years and all those things uh what are your thoughts or your ideas or how do you approach people that come to you uh with the heavy new year's resolutions where this is the time they're going to change their lives forever once again 
and uh, you know, and make sure that it sticks this time because this is the year, right? What are we into? Twenty three here is going to be the year for them. This is the year I'm going <laughs> to quit eating sugar. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> Never. I Never. Think- yeah, goals can be pretty lofty sometimes. And I I was joking earlier when I said, you know, not cleaning out your cabinet beforehand. But people do tell me sometimes, like my, my first book that came out in 2014, it helps you get ready and it has kind of a little kitchen cleanup to get ready to make about an eight-week investment in your lifestyle change in terms of time and effort. And people will say, oh, I've got your book, but uh, I got to clean out my fridge first. And I'm like, oh, I know what you mean by that. I've been in this field long enough. I know what you mean. They're like, yeah. I still have this leftover from Christmas and this leftover from New Year's. And once I've got that all cleaned up, I'm going to start your program. And pretty much they mean once I've eaten it all. And so one thing I help them to think about is, you know, what's your accountability? I would say in my years of doing this, the accountability really is the secret sauce. I mean, I figure if Olympians need accountability, if like the most impressive athletes need coaches standing right beside them at the end of the court or the field, then why would we expect? you know, to just always hit everything or fortune 500 companies all have coaches. Why would we expect we don't need coaches or professionals? Or, you know, if we get our hair dyed by someone when we could easily do a box or if we could get our nails done by someone when we can easily paint them, then why would we expect that we don't want to invest in a personal trainer or a dietitian or a a challenge or a program? So that's one thing I really think is is lacking in the awareness of what we do. People are really willing to invest in, and I'm quoting, quoting an air quote, self-care of different things, but not so much like in themselves to be healthy. Isn't that strange that people will invest so much on the outside, but not much on the inside? It angers me. Like, this is like, I get angry about this. You know, oh, I'll figure it out myself. I've got terrible, I hear it all the time, Christine, I've got terrible arthritis or this and that. And and they're like, you know, I just, just can't afford a trainer. I'm like, you're driving a Range Rover, okay? Range Rover. You can't afford to Hashtag priorities. help right. yourself and you're, you know, you've got all the plastic surgery. Yet, I get it. Not enough, not enough money or time to, you know, move your body. I used to tell people they can pay me, oh, they so can angry. pay me what they paid it, uh, for their cell phone bill. And and if they look and be like, okay, you know, and I'd be like, listen, because I know that one of them is not necessary, right? Because we used to not have them. It's a cell phone, right? We used to just not have them. Imagine that. And now you pay a whole bunch of money because you need it. No, you don't. And I mean, it's nice to have, and it's a good thing. But you should. Do you need to walk? Yeah, you invest in walk? that. Invest in your health a little bit more, you know. And uh, uh, I, I bet you you'd be all right. I'm glad we're talking about this, though, because I feel like our industry could do a better job really helping like the the outer the plastic surgery industry and the nail and hair cosmetic industry and all those. They really do a good job painting that as self-care and you're worth it and it's not so expensive. But in the very same breath, somebody will say, no, I can't afford this service that would really help me way longer than getting my nails done will help me or way longer than this new pair of boots will make me feel good about myself. So I feel like as a fitness industry, we could really help, you know, help people realize that self-care isn't just about, you know, the outside of you. It's really about the inside and that's going to pay off. And then in the outside too, it'll give you that confidence when you feel good inside. It's not just about what you can spray on top or brush on top. (laughs) Um, It's so true. that, That brings you that confidence. That is just so true. I want to ask you this question. Actually, I'm going to start with this. 
So people will say, Christine, help me, give me some, give me some tips so maybe I don't overeat as much, you know, when I go to someone's house for a holiday or there's a big dinner or maybe it's just every night. And one of, one of the things that I do, and this is, I'm going to pat myself because there's not, I'm not good at a lot in this world. So Hala, but this I'm good. (laughs) Okay. Every night before, um, before dinner, I put out a tray of fresh vegetables or, you know, vegetables, not cooked. So some broccoli, carrots, celery, you know, maybe some mushrooms and, and, um, cucumbers, maybe a little dip, nothing crazy, but I snack on that. So that is kind of my, that's my special sauce. When I tell people like, if you can do that snack, get some vegetables, give you some hydration, those, you know, some great minerals and nutrients, you're getting some vegetables in. And then when I get to dinner, I know I already got vegetables and I'm not as hungry. I'm not as like, oh, I want all the, because I feel like I've already gotten something. Got a base coat. That is, yes, that is my, like my secret sauce that I've used forever is, do you have recommendations for people right now going out and saying, oh my gosh, I'm going to, how do I not gorge myself on all this stuff? I think, first of all, that's a brilliant secret sauce that you have. I think people should take that on. Yeah. And, and, and here's a little Christmas guide to make it festive. What if you say red and green at every meal and even beforehand? And I don't mean, you know, red wine and green Skittles necessarily, (laughs) but like, you know, maybe that too, because we've already talked about prioritizing what really is not regretful to us, but thinking about, you know, what from the red and yellow and orange fruits and vegetable family can we incorporate and what, what from the greens can we incorporate? And that does help expand your gut just so that you feel full and not expand your gut in a way that you can't um, reduce quickly because that reduces and then you eat your next meal. So having a red and green um, on your plate is something I encourage people to do at at least two of their meals in a day. So whether they do it right before the meal or during is up to them. But I think doing it before the meal is a good idea. I remember one time in high school, this is way back, I was on a date and I ate an apple in the car on the way. And the guy was like, why are you doing that? I'm taking you out to dinner. And I thought it was so funny, like in his mind, that was offensive that I was going to like spoil my appetite. I guess maybe probably he heard his mom say such a thing, maybe like don't spoil your appetite before a meal. In my mind, I'm going to be way more pleasant because I'm not going to be starving during the wait. And uh, I just remember thinking like, oh, well, that's weird. I didn't know I wasn't allowed to do that. But maybe that was one of my secret sauces that I didn't even know I had like yours, Christine, because um, I do think it's smart to ward off your appetite a little bit and not wait till you're, you know, using the hunger cue, not wait till you're at zero um, on a scale of one to 10 of hunger. And I think, you know, intermittent fasting has made that kind of popular. I know we'd have to take a whole nother hour to talk about that another day, but people feel like if they've practiced being hungry and knowing how to manage it, it's one thing. But if they just walk into a holiday and say, well, people intermittent fast, so I'll skip breakfast and see how that goes. And then they binge and binge the rest of the day that can be problematic too. So I think it's not a bad idea to eat some fiber rich fruits and vegetables to kind of ward off the appetite and especially a glass of water. I know those are so not sexy things to tell people, right? They're like, really? I came to you to tell me to drink water. I'm like, I know it's not that sexy, but it will make you sexy if you do it. That's what I need you to do is just do these simple things. And if you do simple things simultaneously, then you don't have to do all the crazy expensive extra things because those simple things 
done simultaneously work because that's what most of the world does that doesn't have to go to the gym and and do diets all the time because they don't have to fix things all the time in recovery. You know, so I think that's a beautiful secret sauce. Another one I have is to um, have an accountability buddy, if that helps, you know, somebody that says, hey, we're we're going to go out to eat to have dessert together instead of baking cookies upon cookies upon cookies that are going to stay at our house or we're going to make one batch or some of those things that you kind of decide on in advance to help kind of make it a little more reasonable to live in your culture and not make it too hard on yourself. I love it. You know, you need other people. We all need other people, right? If we try and do this all alone, it's just not going to, you know, we'll probably end up right where we are, which is needing help from somebody else in the first place. So yeah, well said. So, and then when other people let us down, that's going to happen too. I don't know. Excuse me, Christine. When other people let us down, there are a lot of times I have people, so they do my eight week program, which I'm about to launch in mid January. And I would love for any of you guys to join me if you want. I do my eight week program. It's called the best body countdown. And I do encourage people to have accountability. And when I was writing my book, people told me, if you, if you tell me what to do, you've probably heard this before. I'll do what you say. Yeah. If you tell me, I'll just check every box. And I'm like, okay, if I put little check boxes in my book, and make it a consumable journal that you can check off, you'll do it. And they're like, yep, but you just have to give me one day at a time because otherwise it's too overwhelming. So that's what my first book did is it broke down one day at a time, five or so things to check off, and then the next day, and then the next day. And in the process of those 52 days, it gives them the chance to investigate what it was that was keeping them from being their best. And they can have this personal aha moment because each day has a question And then I encourage them to have an accountability partner, but I'm also, you know, with them on the Facebook group saying, okay, what was y'all's aha moment? Or how did you feel about this? And there's that camaraderie factor. And so I do think if somebody wants to make a big change in the new year, they need to think about what conversations they're going to have with their family about their goals and who's going to, you know, meet them at their front door at 6 a.m. for their jog or for their walk or who's going to come join them for the 530 Zumba class that makes it more fun so that we can make it a sustainable thing that we literally enjoy together. Um, And it might be, though, that somebody lets them down. And I get so often somebody says, well, I was doing your program, but then my partner quit. So I tell them now before they start, I tell them at their intro, I'm like, now, if your partner quits, I'm not taking that. Somebody's going to quit. This is the real world we live in. And they might have a really good excuse or they might have a really crappy one, but somebody's going to quit. That's not you. So I'm like, you know, over the years, I've learned what kind of pushbacks are going to come and I'm preparing them for them. Like, then this is going to happen. What are you going to do? Just like I do with my teenagers. (laughs) When that fails, when your alarm doesn't go off, what's your backup plan? You know, to my college kid who's on his own now, like, what's your backup plan? So I think I think it's just learning to live smarter instead of just like dieting all the time and restricting all the time and recovering all the time. But like, What's your backup plan? Who's going to be alongside you for that? What are you going to do when they quit? I think those are some things I want people to think about this holiday season. I know that gets kind of deep, but that's where I'm going with it. (laughs) Well, can you do us a favor and tell us, tell our listeners what is happening in January so we can get that information to all of you that are listening right now if you want to be a part of Sohela's program? Go for it. Yeah, it's called the Best Body Countdown. So it's 52 days of strategic steps over that time that are in order of priority of that I've seen over the years. So I don't just throw it all on you at once. 
I give you that strategic um, help. And then me and my team, and then actually it's a few hundred people around the country, around the world actually, that do it at the same time together. And we have online support. So if you're interested, um, you're kind of raising your hand saying me. So just text the word me to 33777. And it's just going to ask you your information. Then I'll send you the link. And also I can send you a freebie holiday um, recipe pack that I've put together to help you incorporate some yummy reds and greens, like I said, into your holiday meals and some strategic splurges that you can really enjoy. So just texting the word me to 33777 is how I can reach out to you about that and let you know more. And um, actually, if you register this week, um, I have a beautiful resin charcuterie board that I'm giving away that a local artist handcrafted. It's like $149 value. And it's just gorgeous. I'm kind of envious of whoever's going to win it since I'm not allowed to play along, but I'm trying <laughs> to buy myself my own. But um, they, everybody who registers between now and Thursday, which gets their mindset ahead for the holiday for what they're going to be doing in January. So that will behoove them in more than one way. But if they go ahead and do that, they'll get their um, five entries into that drawing that I'm going to do next Thursday. Excellent. I like it. We got it. We got to call the action here. Yes, seriously. Let's go. Let's roll. Let's roll. <laughs> so, so Hela, it has been an absolute pleasure. This, this honestly, it's been a long time in the making to get you on this, uh, this show. And honestly, we're going to have to have you back because there's so many other, other different uh, areas and places we need to go with this whole nutrition and wellness. And is there anything, um, any last words of advice you want to give our listeners to not only survive, but thrive this holiday season and beyond? Yes, I call it my triple S. And I always ask my clients um, to just let me be the little angel on their shoulder saying the triple S mantra, which is strategically savor slowly. So whatever it is, whether it's the time with your family, whether it's the, um, the meal that you love or that beautiful, you know, expensive bottle of wine that you love, whatever it is to strategically savor it slowly and be present so you don't look back with regret. And just to remember that prevention is easier than recovery. So being strategic will be your friend in the end. It doesn't mean restrictive. That was beautiful, Sohela. Thank you again so much for taking some time and helping our listeners around the world be uh, a little bit healthier this holiday season and beyond. Yes. So just text the word me to 33777 because I'd love to know. I know you all are hearing my voice, but I'd love to hear y'all's voices too and see what I can do to help you. Yes. We'll put all that in the show notes and tag you. Do not worry. So with that said, it is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. we are two fit crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Peace.